It's the slightly crunchy mom cast. Slightly crunchy mom cast. Where our discussions are based in evidence. And we try to maintain our relevance. But two drinks in, and we try not to lose our. It's the slightly crunchy mom cast. Slightly crunchy mom cast. The slightly crunchy mom cast. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the slightly crunchy mom cast. This is a podcast with research based parenting information from a real world perspective of two moms just trying not to lose our shit. Hey, you like your podcast? Take a moment, let us know. Leave us a re- review on iTunes. It's going to help us out and help others find our podcast too. Now, let's get to it. Today is episode 40, and we're talking about kids and extracurricular activities. Say extracurricular. When you extracurricular, you extracurricular, extracurricular. She is so articulate. <laughs> I have a learning disability, Brittany. Oh, geez. Here we go. I'm Brittany. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist. I'm Whitney. So the last few weeks... Oh, I'm a nurse. And the last few weeks, I've been having discussions with Brian where I... I've been hanging out with you for eight years now, mm-hmm. and we swim a lot, like cumulative hours. What are we looking at? Like, well, when you say swim, it's like time present at the pool. That's what I'm getting at. I realize after our Myrtle Beach that I've never seen you actually go underwater. And then I was talking to Brian about I was like, I don't think Brittany can swim. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Brittany go underwater. So, so today. I challenged her. I said, Brittany, can you even swim? And what did I say? Pass. I was a lifeguard. I said, no, I didn't say that. I said, oh, yeah, I'm a great swimmer. And then I was like, so modest. And I said, let's race. No, you said, let's race. Yeah. And so? So we did. Burn course, that A. <laughs> of course, Brittany had to be bougie and get her daughter's glasses. She's like getting them on. Goggles. Oh, yeah, goggles. She's like pressing them on their face. I felt like we were ready for the Olympics as I'm chugging my very yeasty seltzer. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, ready, set, yeah. go. You did. Yeah. You dominated. I mean, I don't have a lot of talents. Yeah. But I am, I'm a good swimmer. Fantastic swimmer, swimmer yeah. apparently. I've never seen you swim. You do not use it. That couple this is literally miles the first a week. time I've seen your hair wet. Well, so I have naturally curly hair, and I, she doesn't even need product. Get, no, I do. I need, I need copious amounts of product. She which doesn't is, have any in right Which now. is why I don't like to get my hair wet because mm-hmm. when I get my hair wet. It's a whole thing because then it, and it, it doesn't dry naturally pretty. Like a lot of people can just like let their hair dry. It looks frizzy and it's not good. I think it looks good right now. And, ugh, it doesn't. Okay. I hate it like this. I have to go. I have to put the product in. I have to do the whole thing. So typically, no, I don't like to get my hair wet. I've never seen your hair wet. Mm-hmm. Today's the day for you. And you dominated me. Yes, I did. All right. So what are you drinking? <laughs> well, I'm just drinking a Corona. Nothing too special. Which is boring. I am <laughs> drinking a Pickin series. A Pickin series. And it's by Heist Brewery here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's got pineapples on the Apparently, can. it's got pineapple, strawberry, and lemon, which is going to be interesting because... You and that fruity fruit fruit. I like weird beers. You do. Right. Cheers. So... That was weak. That was a week. Okay, let's try that again. Uh, oh, oh. It's still I weak. Yeah, I don't right. know. Well, it is what it is. It is. We're going to move on. <laughs> We're not going to... We're not going to stay there. So we've been doing like some back to school, school topic kind of series-ish for the past several weeks. And so today we thought we'd talk about extracurricular activities and kids. Um, 
I think there's people that fall like all over the spectrum. There are people that uh, keep their kids very, very, very busy. And then there's people that don't really have them very busy at all. And then there's people that I think like me probably fall somewhere in the middle. But with school starting back, that presents opportunity to get your kids involved in music and sports and I don't with know balance. all the things that the kids do karate and soccer and uh, yeah. I don't know all the things so there was a study that looked at this and it's only 50 families and we all know I started back at school and so full disclosure do we all know that yeah I think I mentioned it I don't know I was last... waiting for you to like introduce yourself in your your new way and drop your uh your new potential credentials I don't even know what they are <laughs> I mean, I've gone to one class. Yeah. So what well, is it? Well, eventually, I'm going to have to call you Dr. Schutz. Oh, I'm making every fucker out there call Dr. me doctor. Dr. Shut the we got We got one doctor. I love him dearly from Ghana. And he's like, he, you will not be a doctor. I was like, no, I will. And you will call me doctor. And he's like, you are not a medical doctor. I was like, that's not on me, buddy. <laughs> that's our education That's system. the only reason I'm getting my doctorate is so that mm-hmm. this doctor can then turn around and call me Dr. Schutz and just 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 light a fire in light him. Light a fire. Um, So this study was only 50 studies and it was done in New England. So as in this whole like criticizing, this is not an an extensive study. It's done in one area in New England. What you would get from there compared to Mississippi are going to be different. Across the old pond, huh? Right. Like (laughs) that's an expression. Oh, well, it's more than our friends in Europe. We're not in England. No, New England. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm special. Maybe Sorry. <laughs> Not England. Oh, semantic. <laughs> so I looked at 50 families. We'll just you know, move on. And I'm glad I'm not the one that said something dumb. Okay, so they analyzed them and they said that 88% of six-year-olds were doing four to five activity, like activities four to five days a week after oh, that's school. that's a lot. That's what Elise is. And 58% do more than two activities in a day. Well, I'm just saying don't judge them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just judge you around here. I kind of coupled that when I then looked at, like, the downsides of activities. So then I wanted to do some research on, like, well, what's the downside? It's like, well, too many activities can lead to these children not being able to – they know that free time and being able for children to play on their own increases vocabulary, and they do, in fact, do better in school – activities will increase your ability to have a social group make you feel more confident and those kind of things but you have to balance that with like school and how they do so when i got done with doing both sides of the research i was like wait what well mm-hmm. wait where 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 wait okay so so where'd you fall so we'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> oh don't yeah, excuse me. I'm sorry. You're building the suspense. Thank you. I'm really good at it. I read a lot. So moving on. So we'll talk about our kids' activities. So what is Because I called you out and said Elise does a lot. So what does Elise do? And then we'll talk about Graham and Meyer because Red just drools and goes, mm, yeah, constantly. <laughs> and then well, we'll move into what we, we did. So I, I landed on. Elise has never, I, I don't think until recently, been what I would consider, like, involved in a lot of extracurriculars. She's always had, she's had horseback riding, I think she was, like, maybe four. And she adores horseback riding. There's no way you can take that out. That is the, we started it because she had this obsession with horses, and and I sort of thought it would go away. I hate horses. I don't mind, I don't mind horses. One bit me one time, Mm. and then, like, another one jumped over me while I was walking. Well, that sounds dramatic. I think that glue 
Well, where they should go. Elise, Elise loves Elise. horses, so she's always done that, and she doesn't do the competitive stuff. She she does like a um, it's kind of like a recreational riding where she learns how to take care of the horse. She does a lot of the grooming and the cleaning, and she's you know saddles them up and she rides them and that whole thing. So she's done that the longest. I also have her in swimming. She loves to swim, and so she wants to do swim team, but I want to put her on, like, a legit swim team. So in order to get there, she has to learn her strokes. So she's in, like, swim lessons, like stroke clinic to do that. Those are the only two things she's ever really done, and they've been on a, like, horseback is, you know, every other week, and swimming's, like, once a week for, like, 30 minutes. It's, like, very laid back. But then this year, there was an opportunity to do some music lessons. So now she is doing violin and piano. Um, She's doing violin twice a week because it's like a baked-in after-school program, which, let's be honest, selfishly, this worked for me because it it extends my childcare two days a week by like an hour and a half. So just violin and then just piano and then also we're still doing like the horseback and the swimming. So so you're the 88% that does now four I or five days a week of activity. Yeah. Well, now I am. So you got all judgy because you thought they were across the pond, but they're not. I mean, they're they're not. They're, they're right across the pool <laughs> yeah. over there. That's yeah, where they are. You guys are high-vibing yeah. at the pool. But, you know, here's what I've always said. I, I worked with kids early in my career and um, I saw both sides. I saw kids that literally – weren't involved in anything, and they had a lot of free time, which which equaled a lot of time to honestly get in trouble, get on their parents' nerves, and do unproductive things like what a lot of screen time. Um, like our kids' age, okay. like seven, eight, um, somewhere a little older, maybe nine, but but around our kids' age, not Meyer. I mean, like Graham and Elise. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the opposite of kids that were literally so busy they couldn't breathe. And so on the flip side, I just outlined the cons are like kids don't have enough to do they're getting into trouble they're um, not doing positive things with their time but they also don't have any opportunities to build like strengths and confidence and I think that like true true like engagement in an extracurricular is when natural ability um, meets passion and the thing about kids is they don't really know what they're really good at or what they really like until they sort of stretch their legs a little bit. They try soccer. They try karate. They try basketball. Absolutely. You know, they've got to, like, dabble a bit to find out what they – I mean, Elise tried soccer. It was a hard no. Um, but she only tried once. She doesn't like it. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I'm not going to push soccer because we're not, we're not going to be a soccer star over here. So, like, you know – um, what if she told you today she didn't want to do swimming anymore after you invested all that money and time into swim lessons? Would you make her do it? So, well, let's get to that. Let's table that because I want to finish where all I was right, going. we'll table it. So, I want to say something about the kids that are like super busy too. So, I saw that. I think kids, all, and you brought it up in the context of this study, kids also need like, kids process through things emotionally, especially through play. And so, they have to have time to play and to stretch their imagination and to process through things. There's something called play therapy and it's mm-hmm. people, something that therapists get certified in. And it's basically how you work with little kids and they process through a lot of stuff through play. Like we're talking about pretty complex trauma can be processed through play therapy. And so that's just, you know, that's kind of a different example. But my point is kids need time to play. Certain kids have a greater need to be like, for example, outside in the backyard by themselves, stretching their imagination, having their downtime. We've talked a lot about personality differences in kids, introverted, extroverted. And so I think you have to take your kids 
temperament into account. So there's there's pros and cons. So I think probably the moral of this whole story and conversation is going to be it depends on your kid. But your example, you're saying, you know, what if she decides she don't want to do it anymore? So I was raised, and I fully intend to carry this with my children too, is like if we've made a commitment to something, we're going to finish that season, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like if Elise says to me we get to the point where she wants to do swim team – we're gonna we're gonna finish with our team, and we're gonna we're gonna do what we need to do. We're gonna be at practices. We're gonna be at the meets. We're gonna do what we need to do. But when the end of the the season comes and you don't want to do it again, we're gonna sit down and talk about like right why we don't want to do that. But if she honestly doesn't want to do it, I'm not gonna force her to do it. Um, so, but I think as adults, we and me and Michael talk about this a lot. If left to her own devices, Elise is not really going to push herself very hard to do anything. You know, it's going to be kind of what's easy. So we have to, like she's doing piano and violin. We have to tell her, okay, go practice. Do you have to tell her when it's horse time to get ready to go play with the horses? Well, I do have to tell her to get ready. But yeah, she's she's ready to go. Yeah, she's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, so Graham does karate Monday and Wednesday. And then he has soccer one day a week. I would like to personally drop karate. <laughs> Three days a oh, week. You is ain't a lot. dropping karate. That boy. That boy's kicking every chance I he know. gets. He loves karate. Meyer just watch does. out, Jackie Chan. He loves it. Graham's and, coming. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about it. Every single time, I'm like, uh. Anyway, Meyer was in karate, and he did it for a year and a half, and then he started giving me a lot of shit when we were going there, refusing to do things. Yeah. And I know what the karate instructor's opinion of that was, which is like, you do it. But I also had put him in karate for what we talked about is like the experience. If it's not going to stick, it's not going to stick. So I pulled him out. I was like, well, I'm not paying $100 a not month. Not worth the fight. It's really not. I don't care if yeah. you do karate. I really genuinely I mean, don't care. And, and I know that you probably shouldn't think about things like this. But, but it really I, wasn't that important to me. Well, well, I think about like, what's the long term? That, and that's why we're doing music three times a week because I do think that there's like probably some cognitive benefits to music. But like Michael's grandmother wants Elise so bad to do dance. Yeah. And this is a sidebar. I'm sorry if your girls are in dance. I don't mean, mean this to be judgmental. But I don't like the body image stuff with little girls that do dance. They've got a, they're, they're seven, six, five years old. They got a full face of makeup. Well, that's some places. I know. I just don't. It rubs you wrong. As a, as a woman, I don't want my daughter thinking her worth is tied up in how she looks. And I'm not saying there's other benefits to dance. It's like athletic and, you know, you can challenge your body and you make good friends and it's a commitment, but like, it's not, it's not for me. Yeah, understood. I understand. And so Meyer went and we dropped him down to to soccer. He puts a lot, a lot of energy into his soccer. Good. Love soccer. He is a lot on the soccer field. So <laughs> well, Meyer's doing, a lot anywhere. He's, so, he's, he's bringing Meyer to soccer is what he's doing. <laughs> no, I, I documented our entire like four, four hours of our day on Instagram. I had Brian's phone. I stole it and then eventually he wanted it back. And literally, I must, I didn't get it because I don't have the phone on all the time. But the whole question of what do we do now came up so many times. I was like, I don't know, dude. Anything. Anything. Do something. <laughs> So here's what, so there's benefits of activities. So there is increased confidence. They can do these studies, they're longitudinal. They look at them at different age levels and they see that when they have a sport, even if they're not great at it, 
if they're putting the energy forward, it does induce a lot of confidence and make pretty clear peers. There's studies that look at when you're talking about music and cognitive and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and you can see that almost anywhere. To be honest, if you clearly put your kid in spelling and they thrive in that activity of like spelling bee, clearly they're going to have a better vocab than someone who thrives in soccer. Music requires reading notes, yep. turn around, and then, you know, doing the hand-eye coordination. They're going to be better at that than someone who's in running. I was a runner. Um, when we talk about extracurriculars, there is some evidence to support that having them in extracurricular activities does help. The question really becomes, is it the activity itself that helps, or it's the child in certain activity that helps? So I use this example. My brother and I, I ran in college, and so did my brother, and we got scholarships to college. Um, my brother got thrown into running because I ran as a freshman and did really well. I was all state in, in cross country, did really well in running as a, as a freshman. And my brother came home one night, and he was drunk, and he was driving. And my parents were pissed, right? They were like, hey, listen, had you called us, it would have been a different scenario, but you didn't. You drank and you drove. I'm taking your car. I'm taking your allowance and you have to do a hobby. My brother did no hobbies. He then went out for running and actually thrived to where he was an All-American and qualified for the Olympic trials. Like a very, very good runner. And so what the moral of that study or what story is, is that it wasn't necessarily running the fact that he was on a team that really helped. It was the fact that he had a natural talent for running, that he had a team, and then it built him the confidence that mm -hmm. he needs. So I think when I was reading all these different studies, I could find it in every single subset. If your child does drama, how that will increase their ability to express their emotions better, how they have a better communication. If they are in, like I said, spelling, you know, their vocabulary is better. They're doing better in school. Music. And, and so these little things that I think we put focus on, I don't know necessarily that it's the actual art of the activity or it is that they're doing something that they enjoy mm -hmm. because they need to enjoy it. And then that gives them skills that they learn because of their enjoyment. Right. So my brother quit drinking and driving, not because of the AKA activity, but it was in lieu of the fact that now he had a team. Their goal was to win state. He knew he was good. He is a very determined man and, and likes competition. And therefore he found an outlet for all that kind of bent up kind of energy I'm going to say in a sport that he literally just retired and he's 43 and he was on the U.S. mountains. I mean, like clearly thrived in mm -hmm. this arena. So I think when we talk about the benefit of activities, I always say that it doesn't, what I could tell is it doesn't really matter what the activity is as long as the child is thriving in it. And that's, and right. And I think that, you know, I alluded to that earlier. Like I've definitely seen like natural talent or ability meets passion. Mm -hmm. And that equals the building of confidence, which continues to fuel those Absolutely. things. And the thing about kids is they've got to sort of try different things until they figure it out because, um, how else are they going to be exposed to stuff? And I think when they're little, you have your stereotypical activities. We've talked about them, karate, soccer, music. But it's <clears throat> I think it's when they start getting like into middle school mm -hmm. is when like their talents really start to show and then they sort of find their niche and then they tend to spend a lot of time in that niche. And I think that like as a parent, we follow their lead. So there's some downsides to all these activities, right? 
Yeah. You got to, yes. You got to transport them. You're going to be like on the field at 9 a.m. every Saturday right? morning watching a bunch of kids suck it up most right? of the time. Cost. Yes. It costs money. Oh, yeah. It's going to take time away from your families. Mm-hmm. It could decrease their sleep. And we know that every activity that you put for them is going to decrease their time of activity alone. So there are downsides to all of it. Um, And so when I think, when I was looking into it, I was like, okay, so activities are good. No activity, like too many activities are bad. Where do I find the middle ground? Mm -hmm. Also, just a side note, we've got kids specializing early in sports. Mm -hmm. So we went to Meyer's soccer today. He is five and he's a go-getter out there. I mean, when he was like four, he's like pushing kids down to like steal the ball. I'm like, don't do that stop like it's too much buddy like it's it's not where we're at right the coach is like benching him he's like all right Meyer like you've scored and I mean he's an aggressive player so we move it up to the five and sixes and we still got the same problem and there was a dad there and Brian and I were talking about it because the kid was being he was being distracting he was talking to his friends he wasn't listening to the coach and the dad gets up and he goes and grabs him and he grabs him by the arm and he's like you need to listen to the coach you need to stand here and stop talking to your friends well the kid then's like <laughs> he's losing it and and Brian's like, well, that guy's intense. I was like, is he? Well, I don't know. I don't like, know. is he? Because the kid was, in fact, being distracting. Mm-hmm. He was, in fact, not listening to the coach. And he did listen afterwards. He had to go through his, like, mean. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, he wasn't that mean. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely yeah. Meaner. You know, like, and so I was like, is that really, like, how do we pull ourselves out of these areas where we're not, we're involved, but we're not involved, mm-hmm. but we also are, like, correcting behaviors? Yeah. And so back to, like, specializing early, unless a child has a genuine love, and even then, I would say, like, introduce them to a lot of sports, introduce them to a lot of hobbies. We've talked about Graham going to math camp. God help me. I'm going to put him in math camp. Not really because I really want to go see a math competition because that sounds terrible, but because he enjoys math. And, you know, I'm going to continue doing all these things, but they have to be directed by the child. Yeah. There's no amount of inner. I can't. To a certain extent. I mean, yes, the our job is to sort of expose because them. And unless you have them. natural talent. My right. mom says this. You have to learn the basics of a sport. And once you learn the basics of that sport, if you are naturally talented at it, you're it going to be off. good. Yeah. I started running when I was 13. And I was able to get a scholarship by the time I was 17. Like, my brother started running when he was 16 and by 18 got a scholarship. You could have – now, don't run your child early. That's not good for them. But you could have started them earlier. There would have been no benefit to that. And Mm -hmm. there are some sports where there's caveats because of age. But I just always am like, allow the child to really dictate their dream. If they don't want to practice every day – yeah. I mean, I guess I see. Both well, you know, I mean, and the truth is, is kids at a certain age are sponges, right? So Elise is is going to pick up violin and piano far quicker than I could right now at 35 years old because her brain is in sponge status, right? And so that is another benefit of exposing kids young and letting them take off in something if they so desire because they're going to learn at this exponential rate, you know, to, to be able to, and then that'll serve them so greater later in life. Here's another thing. So I I talked a minute about dance. So question, how do you think your own personal interests and hobbies and, um, just opinions and thoughts and experiences about things predicates what 
you expose your children to. Because I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you, me and Michael have a high level of discretion of what we've exposed Elise to. Like, you know, I want, I want Elise, honestly, I'd love her to do swimming and, Mm -hmm. and music. I mean, Michael's good at swimming today. Michael's family is, well, Michael's family is very musical. So Mm -hmm. I think there's probably a natural gift down in there somewhere. And it's something that she could do with her dad together. Um, Swimming. Let me tell you why. I think that swimming is um, easier on your body long term. And it's a it's it's a slimmer competition than maybe the larger sports and maybe it would provide greater opportunities for things like scholarships and stuff like that i'm gonna tell you Rhett, the last thing i want Rhett to do is play football oh, because hello tbis traumatic know, brain injury really let's that. not do that i would love nothing more for Rhett to get big into like golf and tennis because they are low impact <laughs> and low danger and lots of money if they're good uh, yes <laughs> and even like something like baseball which i mean that's a great sport but like my god what if he gets nailed in the face with a ball I think that's a really interesting point because like I said I was a runner in college and that was a very very good thing for me and it's still a sport that I do today I I can be frustrated and I will go for a 10 mile run and I don't even think about it I just put my shoes on and I go or or, you know I (laughs) so it's interesting you say that because I've a lot of times thought about that I think For someone who is in my boat or in a boat similar, like you were saying, I think it's really, really important to always allow the child to somewhat be the lead. And we've talked about this before. Football in particular, I'm not a fan of. But if my child starts high school and tells me he wants to play, I will let him play. Yeah. I, you know, I, Graham did not want to play basketball and he will be playing basketball in the winter because I believe that until you try something you don't know but I agree with you you'll finish the season so I don't really listen to my children when it comes to their activities I don't really ask them their opinion about it too much we're gonna give it a shot we're gonna give it a shot and I try we did that that with gymnastics and it I would say that I (laughs) hope that my children do not stay in soccer I hope I would love it if they were into running I would love to run around the course but it is an interesting thing where you know I want to put my kids in music my dad plays the guitar he's in a band at 70 and that's great and they have a lot of um I don't really want to put my kid in math camp it sounds awful well I'm saying that specifically with a girl but it's no it's even with boys because I do think about it a lot how much of my my Brian did not do any sports in high school and did not do much anything other than smoke weed and make a 1.3 GPA. <laughs> so like how much of like my experience around being in sports has shaped me to really want to push my child into that? And I would say pretty strong. Yeah. I don't well, care what it is, but I want them to do something. Something. Well, my thing and I agree to that to a certain extent. I want it though to be productive and 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 when I say that, I will fully acknowledge that I am I have a judgment of what productive is like I was never a girly girl I did not do cheerleading I I did not do dance I did not do chorus I did not do any of that stuff I played a ton of sports I played basketball softball volleyball like year-round so Elise is not going to be a sports gal. I can go ahead and tell you that. Like like the softball, basketball stuff, she's not athletically inclined in that way. But I do see a natural affinity to swimming mm-hmm. and music, and she loves animals. More than a typical seven-year-old girl loves animals, this girl is very much into them. Yeah. And so I'm trying to fuel those things. But I will tell you, Elise, if... 
Elise would definitely do dance, but I just haven't really brought it up because I don't think it matters. Yeah. Plus, a lot of that dance sometimes is really it's suggestive. Sexual, it's I, I again, I don't. I just yeah. and and I know that there is pockets of like dance that kids do, parents do with you know with their girls, and it's totally fine. I'm not. It's adorable. I dance as a kid. Yeah, there you go. It was not appropriate. I am but, not a dancer. <laughs> but like at the same time, my mom put me in dance and realized but that I, about well, five okay. or six, right, like look, it wasn't gonna stick. I did put her in dance camp and cheer camp this summer. So oh, how'd she, that go? If she liked it, yeah. I don't see a natural gifting there, but yeah. you know, again, I, I alluded to the fact she's not terribly athletic. This includes coordination. So, you know, I mean, I have to go watch my kids. Do she had it's fun. Awful. So, well, I, and I think that, so I think the moral of all of this is, is that when you look at research from a research based opinion, that an activity for a child is is good and protective, especially when they're in high school and middle school. It does not matter if that activity is a social one. It does not matter if it is a sport one. Is it an academic one? It really doesn't matter what that activity is. The other thing I would say is all the research surrounding the fact that it's like, well, music will make them more inclined to this and sports will make them more inclined to this. I will say that that's just necessarily probably linked to the amount of practice and energy yeah. that goes into this, that, and this. And so there's no one activity that benefits someone so far reaching that it's like, all right, everyone, put your child in pickleball. <laughs> pickleball will set them up for success. They will stay away from heroin. They will be amazing. They will be popular. Well, and they will be having about, sex at 16. I think it's just pickleball. like a, a well-rounded person that's, you know, building even, confidence. All these things know are good that you things. have to be well-rounded. You literally can be just one round, like half a round. <laughs> Like an oval, as long as what they're doing is an activity and they're not just coming home with idle time, yeah. especially in high school, true, with nothing going on. Yeah. So I think the conclusion of all of this is, is that too many activities is bad, so keep it balanced. I don't know what that definition is by I bad. I think it just depends. It depends on your kid and their temperament. No and- activity could lend itself to a lot of extra time and not as much confidence in something but at the same time, like if your kid's activity is spending time listening to music, that is in fact an activity as long as he's maybe engaging with something else. <laughs> That's what I got for you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to give us feedback, provide topic suggestions, or just tell us your own funny stories, reach out to us at slightlycrunchymomcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, especially if you're interested in seeing Myers play-by-play with soccer. Did you like that? <laughs> we post weekly reminders of new episodes and some funny stuff just to make you laugh at Slightly Crunchy Mom or even better you can buy us a beer you know we like to drink donate via buymeacoffee.com slash slightly crunchy we talked a lot about music and you might see that my husband maybe or maybe not as talented i don't know but hey you buy us 10 beers and he'll write you a custom song and you can be the judge of that until next week let's do better